Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. So good evening, good morning, good afternoon from wherever you are. You're most welcome. This is the Global Watch and it's the 27th of July, the break of dawn, Jerusalem time. This particular session will be led by the Africa Watch. Great to see you all. Uh, my name is Edward Matovu, your host, and I'm going to ask Yuta to lead us in an opening prayer. Yes, about Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are here, Father, with us. I thank you that we are your children. We are your sons and daughters that you that you have chosen, Lord Father. Thank you for your amazing love, Father. Thank you that you called us together this morning on this platform. It's where one, one or two or three are gathered in my name. You are in our midst. Thank you, Father, for leading us in prayer for leading us onto your heart, Father. Thank you for this amazing watch, African watch, Father, that Africa is big on your heart. Thank you that Africa is a forerunner, Lord, country, that the people are precious jewels in your hand, Father. I thank you that you guide us to this morning together as one in Christ to pray for your pearl for Africa. And I Thank you. We are blessing Israel. We are blessing peace. We say for Jerusalem, Father, and I thank you for this opportunity to come together as one and pray and seek your heart, Lord. We thank you for now for answering our prayers, Father. We thank you that you are in our midst and we praise you. We give you all glory and honor in Jesus' name, amen. And you bless, Lord, the ones that are speaking, that are bringing forth what's on your heart, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Jita. We will worship the Lord in a song because he is your all our praise. And that's the title of the song before we go into the hearing of God's word. Yes, Lord, we never stop singing your praise from the different parts of the earth. We never stop singing your praise. You are worthy. You who gave your life, you who humbled yourself even to death on the cross. You are now highly exalted above all that at your name, Lord Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord, you are worthy of our praises. We give you thanks. And even as we hear your word, may our hearts be open to receive it. And we ask for the help of the Holy Spirit to bring the scriptures, to bring your message to life. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Yes, it is with great honor to invite uh, our sister Margaret Vanda to share God's word with us. And an African Canadian, a beloved daughter of the Most High God, a love of Jesus and marketplace evangelist. She was born and raised in Uganda, East Africa, and her family immigrated to British Columbia, Canada in 1991. Margaret is a wife, a mother, and a grandmother, and her passion is to know Jesus more. So you're very welcome over to you, Margaret. Hi, everyone. Good evening, morning, wherever you are. It's a privilege. I call it an honor <clears throat> and a privilege to have this opportunity to share the word of God with you. Uh, I already, When I came to Canada, I didn't know I had an accent. <laughs> I always tell people when you don't hear me from the first word, just wait for the whole sentence because I have, I speak English by accident. That's how I have termed it. <laughs> so it's good to have you guys and I'm happy to really share the word of God with you as he has put it on my heart as how he's speaking to me. Edward, if you could put on that our text from Philippians Chapter 2, verse 1 to 10, and we can read it together. Sorry, Philippians chapter 2, from verse 1 to 10. Yes, please. Okay, let me put it up shortly. Therefore, if, if there is any consolation, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. Amen. Amen. Father, I just want to thank you for your word. 
as we've listened to your word, I pray that your Holy Spirit will make it clear to us. That which is of you is what will come forth. And that which is of me, we just get it out of the way so that we can be able to communicate with you. So when you read the, that letter of Paul, Philip, it has a reason why Paul was writing to them so intimately. When you read through it, like he's writing to them as a people he knows. When we read Acts chapter, when we read Acts, I think Acts, Acts chapter 16, verse 12 to 13, I'm gonna read. It says, therefore, this is when Paul first went to Philippi. It says, therefore, sailing from Taurus, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis. And from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. So we first see Paul in the city of Philippi when he visited his first time and he goes to that city he doesn't find there even a church according to chapter 13 verse 13 in that chapter 16 so this city of Philippi it was named after King Philip the father of Alexander it was the citizens of that city were like captured and they became like Romans, they were counted citizens, citizens of Rome, which give them a privilege to be like Romans. Whatever Romans' privileges had, they too had. And not only that, it was a city where Paul preached, first preached, there was no church. And when he preached, that's where we found Lydia getting saved and other people. And then there is a commotion and Peter and Silas and Pete and the, I think Paul and Silas, Peter, they were put in prison and then the jailer gets saved. So it was that background and the knowledge of these Philipp Philippians that he was writing to. So he was not writing to them from just far away. I, as I read it, it sounds like they were intimate people to him and uh, Actually, he thinks of them as supporters in the gospel. So when he's writing this letter, he's writing it from a friendship point of view. He had built a relationship with them. And in that relationship, they had ministered to him. When you read the chapter four, I think it is verse 16. Let's see who it is. Last thing he says, oh, where are you? He tells them, for even this in Thessalonica, you say you you sent deeds once and again for my necessities. Thank you. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that bounds for your account. Indeed, I have all abound. I'm full having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, the sweet smelling aroma, acceptable and sacrifice, and acceptable sacrifice 
well pleasing to God. So as I was meditating, even before I, Edward asked me to share, God was asking me, what is it that as an individual, Margaret, as a church, as we are moving these days, what is it that is holding us back or holding me back from being what Christ expects of me? And what came to my mind was having the mind of Christ. When we read verse five in this chapter two, verse three to five, can you put it back? which is my main verse that I want us to consider that is covering my message. It is, let this mind be, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form, where is it going? Sorry. Being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of bone servant and coming in the likeness of men. So I was, I've been thinking about us as Christians, what does it mean to have a mind of Christ? Because when Paul was writing to his friends whom he had known, from the beginning of preaching the gospel to them. I will read chapter one, verse three to five, which makes it clear that he knew them very well. In verse three, three chapter one of Philippians, he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy, for your fellowship, in the gospel, the first day until now. What a privilege that Paul had a good relationship with this, fam with this family, that he could speak to them as closest friend. And this is what brings my cry heart to God. Like, how do we have the mind of Christ? Because Paul had known them, they had supported him. He had preached with them the gospel. He even has confidence in their faith. When you read verse six in chapter two, it says, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he was sure of these believers that they were in having faith in God. And as I thought of myself, how is Jesus having confidence in me that my faith is so strong that I cannot be moved as Paul had this confidence in these believers? And yet at the same time, when you read chapter one, verse 15 to 16, if you can put it there, Edward, Ooh, my time. In that knowledge of them and encouraging them, he is also aware of the 15. Sorry, you say chapter one, verse 15, please. Okay. I think I can read it here, don't worry. 
In knowing them, he's also aware how they have some problems. In verse 15, he says, some need preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. That's the situation Paul was. Although people had received Christ, although people had accepted him, but then there comes selfishness that interferes with the, of, of this child, the brethren in this church. And that's why when you read verse one, he's really encouraging them to say that to not be selfish. So when I asked myself, what was the mind of Christ that he wanted them to have? So what I came up with, the mind of Christ was of that of a servant. That is in verse seven. He did nothing through selfish, selfishness. He obeyed the father and was faithful unto death. So Christ's mind was nothing, no evil, no intentions of, of strife as the church in Philippi was doing. There was no envy. The, the, he preached the gospel in love, in power. And I believe that's why people are getting saved. Then when you look at that church, there was some problems as we have them now. I think we are almost in the same way. Jesus was full of joy. His mind was full of joy. Uh, though he lived in human flesh, he was mindful of his father's business. When you read John chapter 5, verse 19, you can put it in the chat, people can read after. He says that I can do nothing of my own. I only do what my father does. That was the mind of Christ. Not me, but my father. He was of the same mind. We, he was one with the father. In John 10, verse 30, he says, I and my father, we are one. And you remember, this is the cry Jesus left with us, that we may be one with the father and himself. So when we look at the mind of Christ, nothing of him was in place, but the mind of the father. Only doing that which pleases the father. He was gentle and lowly in heart. That is Matthew eleven twenty nine. Matthew eleven twenty nine. he says, Jesus was lowly. He was gentle. He was lowly. He was kind. That's the mind of Christ. He was filled with wisdom and he was full of grace. That is Luke chapter 2, verse 40. It says, the child grew strong and was full of the spirit and was full of wisdom. In other words, the mind of Christ is full of wisdom. The mind of Christ is gentle. The mind of Christ is not self-centered. The mind of Christ, I can't even explain more. As you read the Bible, you can find a lot about the mind of Christ. So my message to us today is, how can we be of the mind of Christ? Because when you read verse nine in chapter, Two, can you put it there? Because of all these qualities that was in Jesus' mind, in 
verse 9 of chapter 9, in verse of chapter 2, it says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above all names. Because of his mind being focused on God's work, being focused on nothing else but God and his purposes, God exalted his name. And it's very interesting because when Jesus was leaving the disciples, he told them, go and preach the gospel to all nations in my name. And he says, I've given you my name. So when you ponder that, when you think and ponder, this is what was going on in my mind. What is in my mind every day? When I wake up, what fills my mind? Is it about the work of God? Is it about me? In verse six, five, where he says, Jesus Christ emptied himself. And verse six says, but he made him no repression, taking the form of a servanthood and coming in the likeness of men. You know how sinful we are. I was thinking of myself, putting myself in a border of somebody who is on the street, has never washed, has never done anything like filthiness but jesus christ said i'm going to be in that this is what i'm going to be in that body i'm forgetting all my privileges which means he emptied himself of all his privileges special rights advantages benefits he had over actually when i was reading this i'm like how many of us talk about human rights that are put there by international united nations it's my right i live in I live here in Canada, maybe in Africa, it's not. But also in Africa, we also talk about our human rights. We all feel nobody can do you injustice. It's injustice if you are violated by your human rights. I'll give you some examples that we can hold on. If we say human rights, we are all to be equal, no discrimination, right of life, no slavery, no, no torture, same rights equal before the law, all those are things we call our human rights, our privileges. And even here in Canada, where I live, and I think in America, we have what we call white privilege, which is a thing there. So he too had those privileges, but he put them down. Actually, Sunday, when we started talking and you said you, you sponsored a family, we really started preaching my gospel because this is what I've been thinking. What are we willing to empty ourselves for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of, of the people we work with, for the sake of doing miracles? Because you see, Jesus Christ tempted himself, came to do the work of the Father. And what is the work of the Father? When you look, at, when you open Isaiah 61, he speaks about this anointing being upon him to break the bondages, preach the gospel. This is why we are here. And my question has been to these days, Margaret, what are you doing? In the flesh, I can say I'm in the flesh, but is it possible to have the blessing of having somebody healed once a week? Because Jesus Christ, wherever he went, he was doing good, setting up his free, preaching the gospel of salvation. And then we come to my friend, Paul, whom I admire so much, who was against Christ, but he's one of those who did greatest miracles. And my question I'm asking myself, what is happening to me or what is happening to the church? I go to the church every Sunday 
There is no salvation. There's no healing. I'm seated there. I'm thinking, God, how can I have your mind? And of course, we can have the mind of Christ. But how can we have the mind of Christ? We can have the mind of Christ, I believe, by establishing relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when you look at Paul's relationship with the Philippians, he had built a relationship and they could listen to, they could support him in his ministry. And I think Philippians is the, a, a church that, that Paul loved so much. I think it was one of his church that he established among the churches. But that one you can find out for yourselves, you know. When we share, you can find out some of these facts. I didn't do much research on that, but I believe it was one of them. So I found out he established relationship. He was mindful of them. And this is the mind of Christ. Paul demonstrates the mind of Christ. It's like when Paul got converted, he really understood what Jesus was about in preaching the gospel. And for us, this is a challenge we have to have the mind of Christ. And we can only have it by being a friend of Jesus Christ. We, saw, we read that Jesus grew in strength, in wisdom. He grew, developed in it. So we too, when we get saved, we're not supposed to remain as children there. We are supposed to grow in this character, in this mind of Christ, so that we can be a solution to the world that we are living in. As we have been praying here for Africa, for other nations, I think about people who are giving their who are as Christians because of Christ. And my question comes to me, would you be able, would you stand if it was happened to you? I can understand if I have the mind of Christ because Paul in chapter, I think chapter, in the same chapter two, verse 20, 21, he speaks about for me to live is Christ, to, for me to live is Christ and to die is pain, but I would rather be here for the sake of you. I can put much in you.